episode 101 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I am your host, Luke Grilly. I'm here with Sean Z and Farky, and we are talking week 12 of the fantasy football season. That's right, it's week 12 already. We are two weeks away from fantasy football playoffs in most leagues, uh, and this week with it being Thanksgiving, obviously we're going to have plenty of games to talk about on Thursday. Three games going on Thursday during Turkey Day, uh, so that's always a good way to get away from your family and uh, start drinking copious amounts of alcohol after eating plenty and plenty of turkey. So, Sean Z, is there anything you're thankful for in this fantasy football season? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from your mouth. The, the season's almost over. That is pretty much it. I'll be bluntly honest with you. Um, one other thing. So does that mean the state of the Browns was the 100th pod? And why wasn't I notified of that? Because we'd have popped it off a little bit. Nah, State of the Browns was it's its own little thing. Uh, we had Farky and I were on the hundredth pod oh, uh, okay. a couple weeks ago, so you missed out on that one. Oh, you're you only counting those. You're not counting the uh, the college pods. We're on our own little number. Right, okay. right. Yeah, I All can't. Right, I mind. can't count that high. So uh, Farky, Sean Z's having a tough year this year, and uh, your year's not going very well either in the league from the Ville. So is there anything else you're thankful for? Um, Unfantasy football related, I would say the reemergence of the 2001 Creed halftime show Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, that was fantastic. Yes. Well done, Luke. Go, go over to uh, www.negpodcast.com, and you can see our roundtable discussion of Creed's 2001 performance from the Thanksgiving halftime show when they uh, in Dallas. It was absolutely amazing. Shout out to Russ Phillips for uh, unearthing that for us. Um, I, I, I don't think I can really do it justice by talking about what was really going on because you really have to see it. It's just the epitome of the early 2000s in Creed and um, terrible facial hair. I think that's really the best that I can sum it up. Um, the full video is over at www.negpodcast.com. We retweeted it from our, our Twitter handle, at Glory Podcast. Scott Stapp is just a, an American icon for... All the right and wrong reasons, I think. I can't think of one right reason, but you can <laughs> run with that if you want. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, you know, we are, uh, like I mentioned, week 12 coming up. Week 14 is usually when playoffs start. So, obviously, you're either playing spoiler or you're trying to fight for that that playoff seating uh, in the league from the Ville. I am currently, knock on wood, sitting in fourth place thanks to uh, a couple nice performances from um, Patrick Mahomes, who's been the fantasy football god and MVP this year, as we saw last night, Monday Night Football, which we'll touch upon shortly. Uh, so I'm fighting for the playoffs there, having some good seasons too. But a team that's having a great season right now, Los Angeles Rams, they put it to the Chiefs last night in Monday Night Football, highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history, 105 points scored, I believe, 104 points. Um, Farky, one negative that came out of that game, the Rams won, looks like um, Todd Gurley slightly banged up with an ankle injury. Anything to worry about moving forward, you think? No. For everything I've, I've heard and read, they said go ahead and count on him coming off. Are they on bye this week? Oh, yeah. 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 The, the, coming off the bye. Both week. the Chiefs and the Rams have a bye. No, simple answer. No, nothing to worry about. McVay didn't see Yeah, he landed off. He landed awkwardly in the first quarter, but they still kept him in the game. They didn't use him as much. There's a few situations where uh, it looks like they should have turned to the running game that Rams that is, and they threw the ball. I think at the last possession they only chewed up about 28 to 30 seconds there. Um, but, yeah, as long as he, since he was in the game, I'm not that worried either. But uh, it looks like it should be a short-term thing. Perfect time for the, the Rams to go to the bye. But on the other side of the ball, Sean, the Chiefs, Sammy Watkins was banged up. Chris Conley came in, scored two touchdowns in, in, in relief. 
Um, if Sammy Watkins is going to be missing time, is Chris Conley a guy that you would be targeting in, in waivers if you weren't in dead last and everything? Well, I picked him up two weeks ago and started him two weeks ago, and he shit the bed. Naturally, he blows up um, <laughs> when I didn't necessarily need him. Shout out to to little little Mister Saturday, little Dan Shrek, beat his ass. Um, oh boy, deservedly so. So uh, I'm in full blown spoiler. What I will add is what the, what Tyreek Hill did uh, last night is I yeah. was up thirty. Let me look at this. 34, 38, and 42. I lost all three of those. I am officially <laughs> eliminated in three of the six leagues. Two of the the six I'm in the running, um, but not huge fan. And then the other one I am still leading. I lost to the other best team in the league. So he's on the other division. Uh, I, I suppose I'll see him in the Super Bowl probably. But, uh, yeah, another disappointing week. And always great when that happens on a Monday night for no reason. And it, it, at least in one league, eliminated me, my Brownstown league. And uh, it was a nail in the coffin um, in, in, in another league. Uh, and then just a drubbing in, in the other. So really fun to have to go through that. Um, really thankful for, for that as we embark on Thanksgiving. So thanks, Tyreek Hill, you woman beater. You know, Farky, I don't know about you, but I actually enjoy the um, the spiteful, spoiler, angry Sean Z more than the normal I'm elite Sean Z. What are your thoughts no, on I that? like it. He's, he'll battle just like me. That's why that's why they made the bet about me getting dead last because they knew I'd at least try to battle. <laughs> but my team is so bad right now that I can't, I can't yeah. even try to put up a fight. I mean, I got my ass. Well, let the record state that I was I was sending shit talking. My name is is shit, pure shit. I was sending those messages to one Mr. Saturday who barely showed up on Sunday, Dan Shrek at like 1:10, just still talking my shit and firing off. So, he didn't show up until a score last night with uh Robert Woods, but it still didn't matter. I held up against him. All right, uh, two teams that are playing on Thursday night. They play, or the Lions play every every year on Thursday. The Lions will be hosting the Chicago Bears. The Bears beat down the Vikings, but they might have had a huge injury in that game. Looks like Mitchell Trubisky is probably going to miss the Thursday game with the Lions uh, at Pro Football Doc, who uh, is on Twitter. Great follow if you want to follow for injuries. Used to be the team doctor for the San Diego Chargers. He diagnosed the injury in his in his daily blog, and he said that just because of the short rest from Sunday to Thursday, highly unlikely Trubisky plays. So, Sean, if you're looking at this game from a fantasy standpoint, I know that you're not a huge Trubisky fan, but he's been good enough to make you know Tariq Cohen, Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller all viable fantasy play, plays. Now we have Chase Daniel under center, perhaps. Uh, do you now downgrade almost every single Chicago Bear? No, not really. I actually think the the one the one caveat is Trubisky gets those first downs with his legs. But if Daniels mm-hmm. throws it, you actually could get a little bit better production if he gets the ball out, gets it to Tariq Cohen, moves the sticks, gets it to Anthony Miller, uh, Allen Robinson. I actually think it could be a little bit more beneficial. I think they're winning in spite of, spite of Trubisky. I think he's doing enough to get them you know some first downs here or there, but they're not consistently. Um, getting big plays as a result of Mitch. So I, I don't see a big, big issue, and I don't think Detroit's defense is good enough to, to really cause much problems to Chase Daniel, a veteran. Yeah, a healthy Khalil Mack has turned that defense around yet again. They're dominant. Uh, Farkey, other side of the ball, we're looking at on Johnson, running back for the Lions, is out this week with a sprained knee. 
Matthew Stafford has just been brutal without Golden Tate. Uh, Kenny Galladay stepped up last week, but Marvin Jones was out, so he Stafford has limited receiver options. You know, is is Kenny Galladay the only guy that you really trust on the offensive side of the ball for the Lions? Yes, because I'm a Marvin Jones owner in two leagues, so I, I know what that's like. Galladay's been awesome for us in Dynasty with Rue Phillips. Um, he seems to get separation. He's the guy that they target in the red zone. Um, it used to be, you know, Marvin Jones would maybe get some burner long hitters, but shoot, that seems like it end early in the season. And uh, Matthew Stafford to me is just kind of baffling, especially with the game he threw last week. I, I sent a text message out to the group, didn't get much of a response, but I swear to God, I saw Stafford said he had 10 completions for 39 yards. I don't even know how that's possible. Um, so it, it, that whole thing's an, an abortion. And now they're going to pull out the blood train, it looks like, with uh, with uh, Johnson not playing, unless there's somebody else that they've got on that terrible roster. But other than that, good night to the Lions. Yeah, Theo Riddick is, is a guy that was supposed to get a little bit of run last week. Uh, he hasn't broken out as the pass-catching back they expected him to be. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fading this game in a, in a league where I drafted Matthew Stafford as my QB1. I'm benching him in favor of Andy Dalton. I'm also going to be trying to pick up Jameis Winston and Waivers, a guy we'll talk about shortly. Uh, I have no faith in Stafford or the Lions anymore. I, I think Matt Patricia just kind of wants to burn it down and start from scratch, and if that's the case, so be it. Uh, the, the Golden Tate trade still just, just absolutely baffles me. But uh, I, I, I think I agree with you, though, Sean. I'm going to go with the um, the Bears this week. Probably bet the under on it because I don't expect a ton of points, um, but I think the defense is just going to carry them. And uh, I, I, I see where you're coming from with saying Chase Daniel won't be a huge downgrade or might actually help the benefit the the. the Skill players on the on the on the Bears. I don't know if I fully agree with that, but I see where you're coming from. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. But uh, Chase Daniel is one of those guys who's just he's played. Uh, he's been in the league for what almost ten years now, and he's I think thrown one touchdown, and he's probably made over twenty five million dollars. He's doing it right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, next game up on Thursday, we have the Washington Redskins heading to Dallas. I'm sure you guys all saw this injury. Alex Smith on the 33rd anniversary of Joe Theismann's broken leg, uh, thanks to Lawrence Taylor. Uh, Alex Smith absolutely destroyed his tibia um, spiral fracture, which just sounds terrible. Um, Out for the season, potentially career-threatening, depending on how things go. He's obviously 33, no spring chicken. Insert Colt McCoy. Now the starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins. This team has been bitten by the injury bug. They've lost half their offensive line. Sean, Adrian Peterson has been a uh, surprise this year. With all the injuries to, to the offensive line and quarterback in Washington, can Adrian Peterson somehow keep up his RB1, RB2 value? Made it this, this, uh, made it this far already. I, I Chris Thompson may not have ribs at this point um, without he's been <laughs> sitting out. But, yeah, dude's a beast. I mean... He actually is getting, you know, some some pass catches sprinkled in. Um, they kind of go as he goes. I actually like this matchup for them this week. Colt McCoy's not bad. It's not like Alex Smith was this world beater. Um, so yeah, I, I think Adrian's a, a, a sneaky start. This is the big. T- these are one of those big games that if he can get a little head of steam early, uh, he can really lean on Dallas and maybe wear him out a little bit. So um, yeah, I, I think this is this is a nice little play for for AP this week. Farky, what do you think about the the Dallas skill position players? 
Dak Prescott starting to turn it on now that they have uh, Amari Cooper in tow. Ezekiel Elliott finally had one of those huge top-end running back numbers the last few weeks. Can these guys continue it on Thursday? I think they'll put up some points. I think it's gonna it's all gonna predicate on Zeke moving the ball, which he's been pretty consistent all year as long as they feed it to him. We've seen in, in just a couple games, and I think John's an owner of Zeke that when they don't give him the carries that or the workload, then they don't they have real trouble moving the ball down the field. Um, I think they'll get Cooper a little more involved. He may score a touchdown here. Watch Washington to me has been real, a really disappointing team this year watching them week in and week out. I think it'll be a pretty competitive game. I, I like. I agree with Sean. I tend to agree with Sean, even though Dallas's defense has shown spurts. They've been up and down. Um, I think it's a good spot for a guy like AP. Uh, the way you phrased this question on the sheet to us, I thought it was a trick question when you said, "With a beat up O line <laughs> and now a backup QB, does this help or hurt AP?" <laughs> well, the way I mean, the way I think of it is obviously they're going to lean on him a lot more than they were in the past, and. By help or hurt, you know, are they are defenses going to stack the box on him? Can he physically outman uh, a defensive uh, game plan that's, that's predicated around him? And and I, I don't know if he can. And I do have concerns with whether or not, as a, as a 33-year-old with a trillion miles on his body, can he keep up for the rest of the season if they're giving him 20 to 25 touches? And on top of that, if they're playing from behind, how is he going to be involved? Will Capri Biz be more involved? Will Chris Thompson ever come back to Sean's point? I'm not sure. And at that point, what what can you expect from a guy like Adrian Peterson, who a lot of teams are doing well because they took him later on in their drafts and or in free, uh, free agency waiver wires? Um, so I think that's where I was kind of go- getting at with it. But um, I, I, I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off from Adrian Peterson. I hope they don't but I'm just expecting the other foot to drop. But one guy who broke out last week to a point is Trey Quinn, wide receiver, more of a slot guy from SMU, was actually uh, the last player picked in the NFL draft this year. Sean Farkey, do you, have either of you two ever watched him play at all? Yeah, I was all – he was uh, a near waiver wire selection, um, but he, we realized he was on a roster for Dynasty, which was a good stash. Um, I think Tebow's has him. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he's somebody that, that we had an eye on I like a lot. He's basically – uh, got a lot of potential to replace Jamison Crowder because you know Crowder's got another year, but at some point you got to play. And if Quinn's going to pop here towards the end of the season, I don't think that spells too well for for a guy that's basically they're one in the exact same player. So um, an old twenty six, twenty seven for Crowder, he can easily drop in and replace rookie out of SMU um, or is he a second year player now? But he's out of SMU. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Um, yeah, he paired nicely with uh, with Sutton there. Um, Cortland Sutton the. Denver wide receiver, so yeah, I, li- I like uh, Trey Quinn. He's got some some shift to him, and uh, one of those slot guys that's five six catches a game, and won't consistently do it, but certainly can have those breakouts. Farky, any, any thoughts on Trey Quinn before? Not much on? more. I, I do like him as well, and I, I was eyeing him up in uh, in league outside of any I'm in with you guys, but uh, same thing. He's going to be somebody that's going to get more and more involved. In, in fact, uh, oh shoot. Uh, he would say in, as long as like eight weeks ago that he was definitely going to get him more involved in the offense. But I, I just look at it this way. I, I don't I don't trust him as more than a flex right now because looking back on the four weeks before this last weekend, he went for seven, five, ten, and zero. So, you know, until he has some consistent double digits, I wouldn't play him higher than a flex. 
Sure. I actually, uh, over at our, our blog, negpodcast.com, I did make him one of my top waiver wire targets this week. Uh, I actually, to your point, Sean, too, I was looking for for him in the four dynasty leagues I'm in. And in all four leagues, he's taken. I was surprised by that. I thought I'd get him in two or three. Uh, but that just goes to show uh, how everybody's on top of the, the next hot guy. And we'll see how that works out. But um, I, I do like his potential in the slot there. And, and I think they need to do something because... Crowder hasn't been healthy. He has not been effective for about three years now. They need to figure something out in Washington. Uh, the final game Thursday night, Atlanta Falcons head to the New Orleans Saints. The Falcons are pretty much out of it after losing to the Browns and then losing again last week. New Orleans Saints, with all this talk about the Rams being the number one team in the NFC, they're sitting there like, hey, don't forget about us. They're going to show the national stage why they think they're probably one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. The best player on the field last week, though, was Traquan Smith. Sean... Six three rookie receiver no, had the, zero. The best player in the field was Drew Brees. Dude was a monster. Come on, man. I, I was trying. I was trying to set it up for the. Uh, to, I was trying to hype him up a little bit. You know, he's it's a solid. He's a big time player. Trick. I'll give you that. But let's pump the brakes. Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver on the field. Drew Brees is the best quarterback. Alvin Kamara is still there. Ingram eight. I mean, the Saints got weapons galore. And last week, the defense finally stepped up and played well, too, which is something that the the Saints' defense was great last year. That was a huge reason why they went to the NFC Championship. But this season, they've been an absolute sieve. Well, this week, or in Week 11, they, they shut the Vikings down. Um, it was uh, – oh, no, they didn't play the Vikings. Who, who did they play last week? Eagles. The Eagles, that's right. They, they shut the Eagles down. Uh, they forced three interceptions to Carson Wentz. Uh, he looked absolutely terrible as that team continues to struggle. Uh, but with Traquan Smith, you know, two weeks ago, he had zero targets, didn't touch the ball. This week, or, or week 11, 10 catches on 13 targets, 136 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, Drew Brees, Drew Brees does trust him. And even with bringing in guys like Des Bryant or Brandon Marshall, I still think that it means that Traquan Smith is the number two there. To your point, though, Sean, he does have to play fight for targets. We have Michael Thomas, who's going to get 10-plus targets a game. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, all of, uh, active in the pass game. So you could argue that Traquan is the fourth option in New Orleans. But as long as they keep on chucking it like they have, much like that uh, up 40 points and through the, the fly route on fourth, on fourth down for a touchdown, as long as they keep that up, Traquan Smith, I think, has – high-end wide receiver two value or maybe mid mid-range wide receiver two value the rest of the year being a rookie though you could see some some hit or miss games unfortunately but um you know the falcons are done any shot farky you think the falcons could win this game no not not in new orleans no i think atlanta's a team even though they've been a little disappointing they they still have enough offensive firepower it's not awful as their defense has been um mm-hmm be that team that could bite anyone any week. But going into New Orleans with the way this team's rolling, especially on offense, no chance. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, no, I I wanted to get your take on that. I don't think they can either. Um, I'm hoping it's a competitive game because these are two electric offenses uh, and two defenses that have been known to uh, to allow points. I mentioned that New Orleans was good last week, but who knows if that was just an anomaly or just maybe the Eagles were that bad. So we'll see how that all plays out. But one game I'm interested in getting your guys' take on. I'm looking forward to the chat uh, conversation back and forth on Sunday. I'm hoping this could lead to yet another roundtable. We have Hugh Jackson's revenge game against the Cleveland Browns. The assistant to the assistant to the assistant head coach, or whatever the hell his role is with the Bengals. Hugh Jackson is back. 
Sean, take it away. From what I understand, Hugh's basically planning the defense now, That Mar- which is fascinating because he's not a defensive coordinator, even in the slightest. Uh, the, the running joke is, is he might know how to actually keep Baker out of the end zone, having coached him offensively, um, <laughs> but that's more because of his ineptitude, not actually because he knows anything. So uh, I just want the Browns to win. I want to stick it in Hugh's face. Um, hopefully after a bye, I am leery after the bye. These teams, it's not like it used to be. They get four or five days off. And they, they get kind of fat and happy. You know, Baker's in OU, hanging out with Yelich. Like, I, I, I don't like the, how the NFL's got these buys structured the way that they do, but that's what they agreed on with the Players Union. So I don't love that spot necessarily. I think they slow start in this one. But the Bengals are just inept, at least right now, that uh, they might they might keep the Browns in it and let us hang around, hang around, and then make some plays in the third quarter and late and then hopefully we can kind of come away with the victory. So that's all I'm focused on. All I care about is uh, wins and losses. I don't care about the numbers. So screw fantasy. I'm out of it. I'm all in on the Browns right now and already starting to dig <laughs> on the draft. All right. Farky, A.J. Green, if he plays, you think he can be effective with that bad toe? I don't think he'll play given the state of their team right now unless – he could be effective unless he feels like he could be effective. So, yeah, I, I say there is a chance. And he, physically, he's the type of wide receiver, um, you know, they can outreach uh, some smaller defensive backs. So I think with the right situation, if he is healthy enough, he could be effective. I'll put it this way. I'm not sure we even put Ward on him anyway. I think we put Ward on Boyd, and maybe we roll a little bit of help. But if he's not right, we don't even need to bother with, yeah. uh, I, with I, help. Like I said, I, I don't think unless – He's ready to play, so I think there's a chance. And then, you know, Tyler Boyd's been uh, one of my favorite pickups this year, just putting up solid wide receiver two numbers. Uh, but to your point, Sean, I would not be surprised if he's locked into uh, Denzel Ward this weekend, which is not ideal for his fantasy prospects. Um, the must-starts are obviously Joe Mixon. Um, I think Andy Dalton could be, if you have a Jared Goff or Patrick Mahomes on a bye, Maybe you've started Andy Dalton, but I think there are probably better options available on the waiver wire. So um, if you're relying on Dalton, you're probably not doing it right this week. So um, we'll move on to the next game, Jacksonville Jaguars at Buffalo Bills. Uh, A player near and dear to my heart, Leonard Fournette, finally came back the past two weeks. He hasn't been efficient whatsoever, 2.85 yards per carry, but he scored three touchdowns these last two games. He scored 20-plus points in both those games fantasy-wise. And, you know, Farkey... Big week for him, more of the same 20-plus points, or will somehow, some way, the Bills shut him down? Absolutely not. I think it's a big week for him again. It, and it's not just because it's the Bills. Obviously, the Bills compound in his favor, but I mean, he's, the, he's obviously their workhorse. They have no choice. Bortles has been an absolute disgrace since whatever, last eight games last year when he was okay. He's, he's terrible. I mean, but they, think about that risk. Every week, now they're just pounding him 24 carries, 28 carries. Seven or eight yeah. targets, and the guy's as injury-prone as any lead running back in the NFL. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but they have no choice. So, yeah, I, I, I'd love to be a Fernando owner as long as he's playing. Sean, any hot takes about the Buffalo Bills and the dumpster fire that team is? None. Zero. The only thing I'll add is their defense plays really hard. This is a little bit of a sneaky spot. Jacksonville is such a dumpster fire. They could shit the bed this game, and Buffalo could win. And as the owner of a Bills under ticket, I'm not terribly thrilled with that. But um, i got to call it like I see it. The Jags could literally blow this. 
I'll actually agree with you 100% on that one. Um, with the way things are going in Jacksonville right now, obviously they blew that game against the Steelers last week. Now they have to travel to the Bills, and while the Bills aren't great, they are physical. That defense can get after it. Um, Matt Barkley, I mean, he's Matt Barkley. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything good about him because I don't think he can. But uh, the Bills' offense will struggle. But then again, the Jags' offense has a great chance of struggling as well. So I'm hitting the under on this one. I don't even know what it is. If it's 20 points, I still might take it. It's, I think this game is going to be that bad. Not a lot of red zone uh, callbacks to this one on Sunday. I don't think. Um, but a game that could see a lot of red zone callbacks will be the Dolphins at the Colts. Reason why I'm saying this: Andrew Luck, seven games with three plus touchdowns. Impressive season, but it's it's interesting. I think because other guys like Mahomes and Goff are outplaying him, Drew Brees, all these guys that nobody's even talking about. Andrew Luck, I think it's a very under the radar season. Uh, Farky, what what's your take on this game? Marlon Mack RB one. How much has Andrew Luck helped him? And and what are your thoughts on the T Y Hilton um, ownership? Well, with regarding Luck, it, it's just another notch in my fantasy football belt because I've been screaming about him <laughs> since preseason when you guys were talking about his noodle arm, and uh, he's been just fine. Other than he can't throw the hail mary, but we're not going to worry about that. Um, yeah, T.Y. Hilton. He's... I'd rather he not for fantasy purposes. Yeah. you got a better chance of an interception anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, he's helped Marlon Mack. I mean, he, when he's healthy and he's somebody that's a legitimate threat to move them down the field in the air, then, yeah, the defenses are going to have to adjust to that. So he's everything to this team. I think we all know that. So, yeah. Um, some of his weapons, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, Sean, you know, Jack Doyle has been the tight end one. He's gotten the most targets while he's been healthy and obviously on the field, whereas Ebron is scoring touchdowns. However, last week we saw Ebron get zero touches, zero targets last week. Can you start Eric Ebron week to week knowing that he's going to play second fiddle to Jack Doyle? Oh, absolutely. With how the Colts are running, those are your second and third options. Um, you know, Marlon Max hanging around there, but the, the, Doyle's the stick mover, and in the red zone, Ebron's the guy So uh, that they really look for. It actually gives them maybe a little bit better matchups than, than Hilton, albeit this past weekend wasn't truly um, the, the, the best case to be made for that. But, yeah, I, I like both those targets. I think it's it, the two tight ends is long overdue for them, and the fact that they're keeping Luck upright, he's not getting touched, he's barely getting even sacked. I think the last five games he hasn't even went down, if I've heard that stat, or at least prior to uh, Sunday. I know he hadn't been sacked in four games. So, I, I mean, that's always the key with him is then he can survey, make reads, and make you know anticipate and make the big-time throws. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the Colts are, are kind of to be reckoned with. I think they're probably another offensive player away from being really dangerous uh, heading into next year. Mm-hmm. And their defense is starting to turn around too. Darius Leonard, uh, middle linebacker, rookie this year, good chance of or has a chance of winning defensive rookie of the year. I think he's leading the league in tackles right now. He's finally doing something that the Colts have long missed, and that's stopping the run. That goes back to the Patriots running for with Jonas Gray running for 200 plus touchdown uh, yards against them. Uh, on both sides of the ball, that team is finally starting to turn it around. Happy to see Andrew Luck play well. Happy to see him turn back into that guy that he was supposed to be two, three years ago before that injury. Uh, next game, New England Patriots at the New York Jets. Farky, you traded him a few weeks ago, but I want to know your thoughts today after being out for three weeks now with the bye. Do you start Rob Gronkowski? I would. I mean, the guy's a stud, and he's coming off the bye week. This was the this was the whole point of sitting him the week before the bye week was to get him healthy. So. Mm-hmm. 
he's, he's got to be at least the healthiest he's been over the last, course of the last month and a half. So, yeah, I mean, guy's arguably the best tight end in NFL history, and he's still on the backside of his prime. So, crazy not to. Well, the, the interesting thing today, Manish Mehta, the New York Post or New York Times, whatever, uh, Jets beat writer, uh, came out with an article today uh, that said basically Ron, Rob Gronkowski's done. He's never going to be the guy he was before. Um, that guy's a loser. It, is, <laughs> Sean, is that bulletin board material? And do you think do you think that bulletin board material will help uh, motivate Gronk this week? Against the Jets in a Week 13 game? Uh, I mean, here's the thing about that. It's easy to sit there and say, but like, if I'm the Pats, I don't care if Gronk is worth the shit in the regular season. This is why, like, I, I, I kind of like he's still big time. He's a stud, but there's no incentive for him to consistently play in the regular season, and it's maddening in that regard. And particularly, they got Sunday night games, Monday night games. You got to have options in play, and they don't have a backup that you can swap into. It, 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 as an owner, it's a difficult thing to have to to go through. Mm-hmm. But he's still the best tight end in the league, or he's in the top three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to prove anything until playoffs. And he's yeah. dominant in the playoffs. Yeah, so I think if we're looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, obviously owners are getting frustrated with his lack of production, and rightfully so. I mean, he even when they, they have been wrapping him in bubble wrap, he's been more of a decoy. He's played more of a blocking role for the Patriots. Um, I, I get people's frustration with that, but yeah, to your point, Sean, the, the Patriots don't care about the regular season. They know they're going to make the playoffs because they play in the AFC East. Now, this just is, is a huge reason why I have not been an advocate of using a first or second round pick on Rob Gronkowski. Have I traded for him a few times this season and, and slightly regretted it? Yes, I have. But um, I'm still waiting Gronk. for that. They will dust him off in a drive, and he'll have three catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. That's yeah. the thing when you have Gronk is when you – and you could see it coming certain points in time, and it's like it's awesome. And you're kind of wishing they would do it more regularly and they wouldn't be a clogged toilet like they are sometimes – but that's just kind of how they look at the regular season. They just view it mm-hmm. differently than most of these teams. And no better indicator of that than what we watched last night. Those two teams were balls to the wall. I yeah. just don't see Belichick really kind of – like he did the KC, but it was like controlled in a lot of ways. Like the Pats mm-hmm. controlled it. They just didn't cover Tyreek Hill at all, and he was – you know, went crazy. But they just – they handle the regular season differently than most teams. Yeah, no, they, they don't want to show their whole bag of tricks, uh, and, and I think both the, the Chiefs and the Rams showed those bag of tricks, and you better believe that if Belichick or Sean Payton get to a point in the playoffs or the Super Bowl where they play one of these teams, they're definitely going to look back to that game tape and, and try to find a way to, you know, to um, – to utilize that that game to, to their advantage in the matchups. But, uh, Farky, one guy that I'm definitely starting this week after he struggled before the bye is Sony Michelle. I think he'll be fully healthy. I think he'll be back to his RB2 ways. Uh, anything to fight me on with no, that one, or, no. or do you think him and James White are going to go back to being the studs? No, I, I like Michelle a lot. Yep. Now the question is, can one of the receivers get going? Because Edelman, well, Edelman had a pretty good, fine. pretty decent game yeah. a few weeks ago. He was fine. How's but Josh did, Gordon uh, going? How, how's that experience? Not as explosive as you thought, huh? I, I'll tell you, he's he, he definitely lost a step. Um, he's been <laughs> he's been serviceable. Uh, I mean, he's been he's been pretty good. Uh, he hasn't been the. 
I'm happy he's still in the roster. Let's put it that way. Can we not compare him to Randy Moss when he went to the Pats? Because that's what a lot of people thought he was, and that's just utterly offensive to what Moss did for two or three seasons at minimum. I will. I will gladly say that you should not compare Josh Gordon to Randy Moss. And you know, fortunately, I was. I never fell into that that pit. I I understood why people would make that assumption. I didn't agree with it, but I I got it. Um, but obviously, he's not Randy Moss, and he is a guy who's been rusty because he's been out of the league for pretty much for the past three, four years. So, um, will he get it going after the bye? I hope so. But he definitely does not look like the athletic freak that he was back in 2013 for the Browns when he had like a million yards in, in 12 Would Randy years. Moss have Yeah, like, well, uh, we don't hope so. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Randy Moss have like 24 uh, touchdowns that year? It was, I think it was filthy. It was filthy. 2007, 2008 were absolutely nasty, and then I think it was 2009 where the, the wheels fell off and he turned back into the Randy Moss of old, and they, they shipped him off to Tennessee. Um, but the next game I want to talk about, NFC East battle. Both teams out of the playoffs, but Farkey, tell me what the hell is going on with Carson Wentz. Why does he suck? Well, this last game is just there's, – there's no rhythm in that offense. It, here's the bigger picture, I think, for the Eagles. Their issues. they start off slow. Uh, particularly last game, they had seven plays in their first three drives. But if you go back at least like five weeks, they get behind early, they have to play catch up. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's perfectly healthy, um, but they just don't really have a rhythm. And then that secondary is just decimated with injury. So again, you get behind because the teams throw the ball all over them. So uh, I don't believe in the, the Super Bowl, whatever, hangover bullshit. They've got injuries in the backfield. They can't get things clicking on offense, um, but that, that kind of leans on Wentz's shoulders, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, but they've truly been a disappointment. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he looks like, to me, he's just trying to do way too much. Um, th- you know, that said, let, the Saints game I throw out, that snowballed. He was solid against Dallas, but again, like Farkey said, they get, they get behind, um, and it's an uphill battle. Peterson does not run the ball nearly enough. Uh, they've got some guys between Adams and, and Clement, who they've really underutilized this year. Uh, they just don't seem to consistently do anything. And that offensive line is way too damn talented for them not to be able to run the ball uh, and find ways to kind of minimize some possessions at times. It's just, it's been a really poor season for Peterson uh, coming off the, the Super Bowl. And you have to wonder, particularly with, with the value of, of what you're seeing with the Colts, if uh, they haven't kind of missed Frank Wright a tremendous amount. And certainly Filippo, who's now offensive coordinator at, um, at, at, Minnesota. So, yeah, I think that's been a big issue for, for the Eagles. I still think they're in it. Um, Washington's winning, winning that division right now, but Dallas is, you know, everybody's like kind of crowning Dallas, and Eagles are still sitting there. They play them, I think, next week. They go and beat Dallas next week and, and you know, look out. Um, so I think, you know, there's some things to watch there still. I think the NFC East is still up for the taking. Uh, I don't buy into the fact that the Giants are in it, though, and I think the Eagles put it on them this week and put that to bed finally. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a lot to talk about with the Giants. Um, league, I'm starting Evan Ingram at tight end because I have Travis Kelsey in a bye. I do not feel comfortable whatsoever starting Ingram because I think he's so hit or miss. And, and, Sean, you and I have talked about that at length uh, throughout the, the pre-draft and the, the early pods uh, this season. Um, but, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. must start. Guy's a stud. Saquon Barkley is a must-start. Um, 
Eli Manning, I wouldn't start him, but if you need to, if you're in a pinch, go for it. He's a solid QB2 this week. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I'm hoping that that Carson Wentz can turn it around. I I don't think, to your point, Sean, I agree. I think that uh, the the Saints game is more of an outlier than anything. Um, Hoping he can go back to his two-plus touchdown ways, as as we've grown to love Carson Wentz for. Um, But a guy, Farkey, that you just absolutely love and you're going to continue to love is John Harbaugh. As an Alex Collins owner, what do you make of the, the meteoric rise of one Gus Edwards? I, I struggled with how I wanted to address this question at the end of the pod. <laughs> and you know what it is? I, I'm just beat up. I, I just don't have a lot left on this topic. Collins, I'll say this. He he has good numbers. Like, he had over, like, 10 yards. Uh, he had, well, like, here, explosive runs. I, I mean, he had, like, five of them. Here, here's what it is, though. Collins started out well, scored that seven-yard touchdown. He even even with how well Gus Edwards looked, Collins is a is a stronger runner, faster runner, shiftier runner. Um, but I read some article about John Harbaugh post game saying, "Look, we develop guys during practice during the week, and this is a guy who's done it for seven straight weeks, eight straight weeks, and we were waiting for our opportunity to give him." This was a game we decided we were going to insert him and give him a chance, which made no sense because they played Collins the entire first quarter and then benched him the rest of the game after he scored a night. It was a nice touchdown. He had to make a move and then, you know, get him to the pylon. And he's probably done now, at least for next week. So, you know what? Here comes Shady. It's going to be the old Shady show in Buffalo for me. <laughs> so, so I guess, Farky, do you actually think – that Gus Edwards is a viable pickup. No, fantasy. he's an undrafted free agent that had had twelve carries the previous. He didn't even get a carry until the sixth week. He's got 12, 12 carries or fifteen carries since week six. No. <laughs> um, let's talk about his quarterback real bad, real quick, Sean. Did you see anything from Lamar Jackson that made you think, okay, yeah, this guy can be a fantasy difference maker in twenty eighteen? Uh. Did he make any throws? No. no. He beat Hugh Jackson-led defense. Let's just pump the brakes <laughs> on old Lamar. Here's what I'll say. I got a, a Raider take. The only offensive skill player that will be in Vegas for the Raiders, Jalen Richard. Mm-hmm. I don't think Derek Carr's there. I don't think Cook's there. This is basically not next year or the year after. I think Jalen Richard will be the only guy there. Financially, I think Carr might have to be, but I but I see your point because him and Gruden are not on the same page. They just simply you you can you can find a taker for Carr. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's going to have playmakers from those three excellent draft picks he's going to make in the first round next year. (laughs) Yeah, have fun drafting in this next draft when there's like two offensive players skill wise that even get picked in the first round. I do not know what Gruden's doing. I I don't I don't know I don't know. But um, all right, yeah. I mean, obviously, you mentioned Sean. There's really not a ton to talk about on the Raiders side of the ball. Jared Cook. I think you have to start him this week just because he does have the upside as one of the few consistent receivers left in that offense. Um, with the way the tight end position has been going, we're going to talk about somebody in this next game. Uh, the, with the way it's going, it's really turning into a crapshoot week to week. You never know who to start. Um, you never know who's going to be healthy. And, and everybody who you, you thought was going to play well when you drafted back in September and August, they're all hurt or they're all just ineffective right now. So 
I like Jalen Rashard. Uh, I actually like him more than Doug Martin. I was on a podcast last week mixing mixing a water with my buddy Matt. Uh, you can follow them on their socials, MixinH2O, both on Instagram and Twitter. But he asked me, who would he start, Doug Martin or Jalen Rashard? I told him to pick up Jalen Rashard off waivers and start him over Doug Martin just because with the way the game flow goes with this Raiders team, they're always going to be playing from behind. Doug Martin really isn't very good. Um, and Jalen Rashard is going to get four to five catches each week. I think he's a solid RB2 flex play. He, him and Jared Cook are the two guys that I would trust on that offense. Uh, and now Rand LaFell, the one guy who was actually somewhat decent for, for a little bit, torn Achilles out for the season, so you can forget about him as well. Um, but I prefaced that there is a tight end situation I want to talk about, and that's in Tampa Bay. The Niners are heading to Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston is back. George Kittle should feast this week, but the big news that I actually saw right before this pod was O.J. Howard to the IR, done for the season. That means old friend Cameron Brait is back to the tight end one conversation. Farkey, any any thoughts on or any comments on what happened to O.J. Howard and, and how the Jameis Winston and Cameron Brait connection could continue for the rest of the season? I don't have a lot on O.J. Howard's injury, but um, Jameis clearly likes Brait. I mean, Brait was a, a viable tight end last year, and I don't see why that would change, especially since they're finding any excuse to have some rhythm or some clicks on offense. So I like Breed. I wouldn't necessarily say throw him in as a, as a tight end one right away. Uh, could be wrong, but at least give it a week or so and see what happens. James, James will target him. Yeah, the good news is I actually have uh, Travis Kelsey on a bye in one league, and I have Cameron Breed as my backup in a dynasty league. And uh, I was actually also have Mark Andrews, too, the tight end from Baltimore. Plan on starting Mark Andrews this week, but now they see Cameron Breit is going to be the, night, the number one tight end. I mean, it's a no-brainer start for me. Personally, like I said, I think the way the tight end position has gone this season, I just he is a low-end tight end one because he does have touchdown upside. Um, but the other big news, too, Sean, I mentioned was Jameis Winston is back. The way I look at it, Tampa Bay really, they know what they have in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I still think that there is a future for Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay as long as he plays out the rest of the season pretty well. Against a team like San Francisco who allows quarterbacks to put up points against them, do you see Jameis Winston having a a good game this week and possibly the rest of the season? Yeah, I I think Jameis um, can make some play. I just think he's turnover prone and I just don't think the QB coach match works. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where Tampa maybe goes. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think it's a change of scenery is 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 probably due for, for on both sides of it. So, um, But if he plays well enough, they're not going to let him go. But I, I just don't think it works long term. The, the one guy is back on the other side, um, Kittle. I think he's a top three tight end in the league from a fantasy perspective, and I think he's an absolute monster over the next three, four, five years. Yeah. No, I love George Kittle there. Uh, I wish I believed in him more heading into the season. I just I did not invest in him in, in our dynasty leagues. I didn't draft him anywhere. Uh, he will definitely be a, probably a top five, top six round pick next year. Just a mini Gronk. Um, I think again, he's Greg it, Olson. I think he's got a Greg Olson-type career over the next – you know, five to six. He's way too slender to be grown. He looks more like a, like yeah. a large wide receiver. To me. 
No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I meant production-wise, just, uh, you know, maybe more of a Zach Ertz, but he's not as shifty as Zach Ertz. I think Greg Olson's good. Uh, maybe Obviously, younger Greg Olson back when he came into the league back in 07. Just a faster guy. Obviously, he, he's much slower now that he's had those foot injuries and he's he's hitting age Yeah, I'm, I'm talking the guy that for five or six years was the third tight end, fourth tight end. Yep. But you booked yep. every week consistent. Right, right. So let's talk about his team right now. Carolina Panthers are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks D's been pretty good the past few weeks. Uh, I don't, I didn't trust them too much going into the season, but they're finally getting after the quarterback again. Uh, old school Legion of Boom days. On the Carolina side of the ball, though, DJ Moore finally broke out. First round pick, seven catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Sean, I drafted him league from the Ville. I cut him after three, four weeks when he really wasn't doing anything. Totally regarding that, but do you think moving forward he is a fantasy starter, or was it last week just a you know an aberration? Uh, I, no, actually, I picked him up three, four weeks ago um, in Brownstown. He has actually been a solid starter for me. Of course, I didn't start him this past week, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, no, I think he's he's legit. I I think it's the rule of the rookies. You you can't misjudge him the first six weeks. You got to think you draft them for the last six weeks, and and yeah. that's the thing with rookies. It's consistently that way. You just didn't buy enough time. Now you may have needed the roster spot, which happens all the time. But um, yeah, I think he's someone that you can lock in at, at, at the flex wide receiver three, maybe even a wide receiver two, depending on how your roster shapes up, and feel pretty comfortable with him week to week. Uh, I think it. You know, his floor now is three for. Four catches, 55 yards, and obviously his ceiling is kind of indicative of what we saw this past Sunday. Yeah. Uh, other side of the ball, Farkey, let's talk about another guy near and dear to your heart, Chris Carson. Where are you at with him now? Chris Carson's my guy, man. Every week, start the man. He runs hard, <laughs> and he's he's always up against a, a, a huge box. So I there, I can't say enough about him. People people were, were kind of iffy on him early in the season, but – Shifty, he runs hard, opens up holes. Um, Mike Davis still getting balls out of the backfield as a receiver. Rashad Penny, I think, is going to be hit or miss week to week. Uh, so I, I agree with you there that Chris Carson is definitely the running back to own. And, you know, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, that connection is getting, getting pretty good. But also, too, I think the big thing is Doug Baldwin's finally fully healthy. Coming off their bye, he came out and said he's never felt this good. Uh, all season, that is, and the knee injury, he's finally passed it. So um, I like this passing game to get going in Seattle um, as they push for a wild card spot. Uh, they're not going to win the NFC West, but they do have a good opportunity to, after beating the, the Packers last week to get one of those first or second wild card spots. So I think this is a big game for them. Um, I think this has huge playoff implications. So this is definitely one that I'll be looking forward to seeing on Red Zone on Sunday. Next game, Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Chargers. Not a ton to talk about here. Obviously, on the on the Cardinals side of the ball, Larry Fitzgerald has been a bit of a resurgent in the past few weeks. He scored a touchdown last week. I think he had a touchdown two weeks ago as well. David Johnson had a monster game last week. And then the other side of the ball, you have Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, uh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, those are the, the big three. Uh, I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts on this game? I don't think there's really a ton to talk about. Oh. Bloodbath. It, it should right. be. Uh, it should be. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I like the Chargers this week. I'm sure I'll be putting money on them. Uh, but you never know with that Cardinals defense. Sometimes they can get after it and they can get uh, you know turn the ball over, get to the quarterback. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But 
Farky, Big Ben is on the road traveling to Denver. And we saw Ben struggle last week early on against the Jags on the road. It's not a primetime game, which you and I have talked about, that Big Ben always shows up in primetime, whether it's at home or away. But it's going to be a 420 game. What are you doing with Big Ben this week? Any chance you can start him? Did they? Where did they play last week? Were they in Pittsburgh? I can't remember. No, the Jacksonville. They're in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I guess against what I've seen out of that Denver pass defense this year, I, I would probably start him. It it all depends on who your backup is. I mean, there's a league where I have I have Rivers and Mahomes. So yeah, of course, if I had Rivers as his backup, I'd, I'd play him. But no, I, I'd probably go with Ben here. It, it, he hasn't. It's not like he's you know. Has a 15% winning percentage on the road. He's just not, you know, necessarily an elite top and quarterback on the road. So, uh, Sean Philip Lindsay has continued to play well for the Denver Broncos. Does that continue this week against the Steelers? Yeah, I, I, I think he gets, um, you know, the out of backfield four or five catches. I think he, you know he's that he's a nice kind of undervalued guy, but but produces. Um, you know, above kind of projections, usually week to week, can pop an end zone every now and again. So yeah, he he's a solid play. Uh, a little perplexed that that you know Denver wasn't able to kind of throw the ball much at all, but they just pounded it down uh, the Chargers' throat last week with with Lindsey and Freeman. They're not going to be able to do that this week. That probably benefits Lindsey a little bit more. If you've got Freeman, you got to be cautious of that. Uh, but then, you know, a guy like Emmanuel Sanders and, and Sutton could be a real nice sneaky play this week as well. Uh, another, yeah, I like Cam, uh, Cortland Sutton this week. Um, he is going to be starting for me in the league where I lost Cooper Cup. Uh, be my wide receiver three. I'm hoping they can finally get him the ball. Uh, let's see how that, that works. And, of course, a, a guy I've been uh, playing too is Jeff Hireman, the tight end. Uh, again, I'll mention this. I'll, I'll podcast. Tight end position is a shit show right now. Kind of just throwing a dart, see what sticks. I like Hireman to be a three, four catch guy. And if you're in a league where you absolutely need a tight end because you lost your guy to injury, he's a guy you might be able to pick up on waivers. So definitely check him out. Uh, maybe give him a spot start this week against the Steelers. Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings at NFC North Battle. The Vikings got embarrassed last week. The Packers, they, they they struggled as well, too. Mike McCarthy shit down his leg instead of going for it on fourth down. He punned the ball, and that was the end of the ball game for the, the the Packers. I'll never understand why McCarthy would not put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand and think that his defense could win them the game, considering how bad they've been this year. But, uh, Sean, do you expect a bounce-back game for either the Vikings or the Packers this week? Yeah, I think both offensively um, get off this week. I... I don't know why. I continue to believe in the Packers. I, <laughs> I just if they make the playoffs, I just don't think teams want to. I don't. Other than the Saints, I don't think the Rams would want to play them. Um, I, I call me crazy. This is this might be the last stand. Obviously, they got to win this game, um, and you got to think they got to do it by being aggressive with Aaron Rodgers. If Mike McCarthy has any brain, and that's questionable. You got to think it's Aaron Jones in the backfield, and they just try and get up and down the field and get up early and keep the pressure on, um, and make Kirk Cousins make decisions because as he showed against the Bears, he's got some piss down his leg in him. He definitely does. I mean, I actually really do agree with that that statement. Um, the Fortunately for the, the Cousins owners last week, I'm one of them. He was able to get a couple garbage touchdowns uh, at the end of the game that, that 
made him go from having a five point fantasy day to a twenty point fantasy day, uh, and and the the ongoing battle of Stefan Diggs versus uh, Adam Thielen continued, where Diggs ended up uh, ruling the roost on that one, and Thielen struggled to put up big numbers again. But uh, a guy that's actually really been struggling, Farky, and hell, we're going back to the tight end position, Kyle Rudolph. Do you trust him this week against the Packers? What's um, what's uh, running back? Oh my gosh, I keep Dalvin yeah, Cook. Dalvin Cook, like this week, is he fully healthy? No nagging injuries, anything like that. That's what I. I haven't heard. I, yeah, I haven't heard anything he's about. He's in a Dalvin straight timeshare though. At this point, like it, there, he's on pitch count uh, or rep count. I just. Rudolph, I wouldn't trust him Rudolph, whatsoever. Okay, then here. Rudolph, for me and for what I see, because I do own him in a league, he, he seems to benefit from when they don't have as much production from the run, from the running back position. So the more the more healthy Dalvin Cook is, I would say there's less likelihood that they're going to lean on Rudolph. Yeah, no, I, that, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, with, with giving the ball to Dalvin Cook 20 times a game, giving him the ball out of the backfield, that's going to limit Kyle Rudolph's touches. Uh, opportunities, target share, for sure. So the, the good news, though, the way I look at it is Kyle Rudolph is still a red zone factor. He's a red zone threat. Kirk Cousins is able to get him the ball. He's able to support multiple fantasy assets uh, on that Vikings team. So I do like for Rudolph, if you need to start him, if you've had him as your starting tight end all season, you haven't moved on from him, he always has that touchdown upside, which is really all you can ask this season uh, from the tight end position. So if you have Kyle Rudolph, I suggest you start him. If there's other options out there, take a look at it. We're happy to talk to you on our DMs or just shoot us a message over at Glory Podcast. Let us know who you're deciding on uh, at your tight end spot, and we'll be happy to give our, put our best foot forward and try to give you a, a starting uh, scenario I mean, or starting option. Hell, there's like 25 tight ends this year who are probably within three points average per game of each other. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird season for that position. Um, all right, last game we want to talk about, Monday Night Football. Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans after being treated to the absolute treat of a Monday Night Football game last night with the uh, the Rams and the Chiefs. We're now going to see the Titans and Houston Texans, which we might see yet another Blaine Gabbert appearance as Marcus Mariota continues to struggle with that elbow injury. Uh, the Titans offense just looked god-awful uh, after a big come-down game uh, after after beating the Patriots two weeks ago. You know, Corey Davis couldn't get going again. Uh, Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry weren't good. And then on the other side of the ball, the Houston Texans newly re- brought in receiver Demarius Thomas had zero catches on one target. So not a ton to get up for this game as opposed to last week. Obviously, Demarius Thomas, Lamar Miller, Deshaun Watson, um, those guys will put up decent numbers and maybe even Kiki Cootie. Um, but, Sean, any chance you see anybody from the Tennessee side of the ball get going this week? I, I could see a bounce back with Corey Davis. Um, you know, that could be kind of a, a decent play. You just can't trust any of the other pass receivers. And I suppose Deion Lewis, I think, has has a nice bounce back. So those would be the two guys that I, I think you run with um, on the Titans side. Uh, if you got better options, there's certainly plenty out there. But, you know, if you're having to rely on them, you can do it at least – with some level of, of you know, optimism. Uh, Farky, am I crazy for considering benching Demarius Thomas for Anthony Miller, especially with the, the Trubisky news? No, I don't think so. I was I was shocked that, uh, that Thomas had the game he had last week, but, you know, maybe there's something more to it where he's just not adjusting well to that offensive playbook. Who knows the matchup? 
Yeah, I'm in agreement again with Sean on Chase Daniels. I don't I don't think they necessarily lose much in terms of you know their ability to throw the ball to Chase Daniels back there. Yeah, so I'll be looking at that. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm starting um, DeAndre Hopkins in the the few leagues that I have him. The guy's a beast. Deshaun Watson, I've mentioned a few times that offense is really starting to turn it around finally. So I'm looking forward to uh, to definitely playing those two guys in my leagues, and then I'll be having a coin flip uh, all the way to Monday. Uh, actually, I have to make the decision on Thursday. Anthony Miller versus Demarius Thomas. So um, while everybody's eating turkey and, and stuffing and cranberry sauce. I'll be looking at my phone the whole time trying to make my decision on who I want to go with, whether Anthony Miller or Demarius Thomas. You're a loser. So, make the call. I know. Big, big, I, I will. I will. It, it's, a, it's a process. See, see listen. when when You think I'm going to let fantasy football decision of De- uh, Demarius Thomas and Anthony Miller ruin turkey time and then getting drunk later? You're high. Well, that, there's a reason why you're in the basement of the league, and I'm uh, looking for a playoff spot right now. I, I, I take, I take these. Yeah, that, these that's the reason. because because I won't because I, I need to let Thanksgiving get spoiled on a couple hacks that I got to pick between. Sean, hey, right, Sean, right, one side on a just, quarter, right the other side, and flip it. Sean, you're just jealous that I have to make a decision, and you can't make a decision right now because whatever your decision leads to, it's gonna suck, and your team's gonna lose. So. I beat Shrek It's okay. Fast. It's okay. <laughs> I know that. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> um, you guys got to record a uh, college football pod here, so let's uh, let's let's wrap this one up. Before we go, do you guys get anything else you got to say before we move on to uh, to week thirteen? No, there's nothing better than having a Browns game in November that's relevant. Ooh, good point. Good point. I don't have anything else to add, but fantasy sucks. I'm out. All right, we're the Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. You can find the, the, the college football boys at NEG Pod CFB. Uh, they're going to be breaking it down tonight. Looking forward to, I'm sure they'll be talking about the Ohio State-Michigan game. Um, you're an asshole if you don't type out Michigan. Uh, you put the X instead of it on social media. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, check out our blog, www.negpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud. In iTunes, be sure to subscribe, rate us five stars, unsubscribe, resubscribe, tell all your friends. And uh, as I mentioned, check out Mix In a Water podcast. You can find them on social, Mix In H2O, on Twitter, and uh, see, they're also on Instagram. Uh, you can find them on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. Funny comedy app where they just talk about random shit. Uh, a little more rated R than what we talk about. I was on there last week. We talked about. Uh, people who suck on instagram we talked about um, racial thing you know um not racial things we talked about uh, what's the word I want to oh say? yeah he said he I said if you see wrap it up he, he said you see you put see. a condom on this thing let's go <laughs> all right we'll wrap it up we'll talk to you guys next week